Guys, people, on today's show, you are going to witness pure emotion and passion as I have a slight breakdown in the middle of recording. After the breakdown, I take a break and come back and we talk about the story of Joseph and specifically how Pharaoh prepared for the famine. Listen, people, being broke is fun. I know you might disagree with that or be interested in hearing how we break it down. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the inspiration. Inspiration, now in session. Inspire guys, people. My wife thinks I'm crazy. How did we get here? I can't believe y'all let me have a show. We going higher and higher, let me inspire you. Guys, people, I see you, let me admire you. He gave you vision and purpose, but you struggle to dream. Cause the seed that was sown wasn't stitched in your jeans. What was in them was denim. I guess what's in them is in them. There's a different perspective that I'm trying to present them. It ain't always peace when you see the peace sign. It don't make you a Levite cause you rock Levi's. What's up, people? I am your host, Jay Will. And I would like to welcome you to Inspire God's People, where we balance faith and business to guide you to your purpose. Being broke is fun. It's exciting, man. Listen, being broke is exhilarating. I know y'all think I sound crazy right now, right? People are like, what you talking about, Jay? Man, being broke ain't fun to me. Being broke, I hate it. All right, that's what you say. But let me tell you the truth. I've been there. I'm speaking from experience. I ain't just talking crazy. Now, like a lot of the stuff that I talk about on this show, you're going to have to take a deep breath, let your blood pressure go down, and you're going to have to allow yourself to hear me out. Y'all know by now, if you've been listening to this show, that I am not a surface person. So on the surface, your initial reaction probably when you saw the title was like, uh-uh, what he talking about? Let me hear it. Being broke ain't fun. Listen, I hate to break it to y'all, but it is. What do I mean by this? Being broke. The broke people I know, matter of fact, let me not even make it about them. Let me make it about when I was broke. It was fun. I had no limits. Nothing that I wouldn't do. Okay. You think it ain't fun just buying whatever you want to buy? Because you got to think of it this way. When I was broke, I bought stuff that I couldn't afford. Now, that word afford, a lot of us got it mixed up, bro. A lot of us think that we can afford stuff that we can't afford. So let's. Let's put a bookmark in the page right there and take a break and explore this idea of what you can afford. All right. I need your full attention on this episode. You got to listen and maybe we can, you know, help you and inspire you to go towards your purpose. But this whole what you can afford thing, like, again, I'm going to speak for me. You know what I'm saying? When I was broke. I never really budgeted. I ain't never really count up the cost, so to say. It was like, yo, the J's $200. If I got $250 in my account and it's Wednesday, oh, cool. I'm, You know, this is the check-to-check life. Okay, cool. I could last one day off $50, so let me get the J's. Let me get the $100 jacket or the $100 jeans or all of the things that we buy to impress the people around us. Because we got to have a certain reputation, a swag. Oh, they know when I come through, like, yeah, this is your reputation you living up to. It's fun. Come on. Like, let's be real. It's a lot of broke people in the club. Dressed to impress. Like, you just, okay, how many of y'all ladies out there own a pair of red bottoms? Raise your hand, everybody. Raise your hand. Raise your hand, everybody. Think it ain't fun being the cutest girl? You got the red bottom. Oh, look at you with your red bottom. They don't know that you using the light from the bright red at the bottom of your shoe to light up the house because you ain't paid your light bill. So you going home and those shoes are, are, are moonlighting as a candle. You know what I'm saying? You trying to reflect that off of something because your lights is off because you use your light bill money. 
This idea of what you can afford is important. Most of us, when we are broke, the concept of what we, we can afford is a delusion in our mind. Like we think afford means if it's in your account, then you can afford to buy it. So we go get cars uh, based on a monthly payment that keeps us broke. We get a living area, like a house or whatever it is. Like we have live our whole life spending everything that we have. We go out to eat. We don't turn down nothing. Now you're about to start understanding why I say being broke is fun. It's because being broke is literally about having fun. It's about having fun at the expense of reality. It's about doing everything you want to do, buying everything you want to buy, because you watch the music video and they, you know, got on these, uh, what's those shoes? I, I'm sorry, I don't watch stuff. I just see stuff sometimes. Balenciaga, is that one of the new brands? You know, correct me if I'm wrong, people out there. Those shoes cost a few hundred dollars. I've literally seen, oh man, I don't mean no harm to nobody. I was at a fast food restaurant and saw a girl in some Balenciagas. Now, maybe her parents are wealthy. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know. She's about 20, 21 maybe. She wasn't a teenager. But, but maybe it's something I don't know. But my point is, we live for fun when we broke. You know why? Because budgeting, that's literally boring. Budgeting is not fun. Taking like an accounting form and writing out all of your expenses for the month and knowing how much your bills are, it's not fun. It would be much more fun to hit the club tonight in your new clothes that you bought with your rent money. But we think life is just God bless us with unexpected checks in the mail. Listen, church people out there, I'm just being real with y'all. I, I'm not going to use the word hate. I don't like when people talk about unexpected checks in the mail. I believe I probably said that on this show before. Why? Because when you put in work, you can expect something. When I go to work and I put in hours, like, listen, I'm on a salary. I have an expectation based on the salary that you told me I'm getting and the work I'm putting in. It ain't no unexpected direct deposits. Like, it, I don't need unexpected when I have an expectation. And so many of us want to live and have fun. You want to party. You want to buy everything you want to buy. You want to buy the car to impress your friends. You want to buy the clothes to impress your peers. Because being broke is literally fun. You having a time of your life being broke. No, you act mad. Like, this is what we do. We act like we mad. But we don't really even... Get mad for real until being broke catches up with us in the form of something getting cut off or a past due, due payment or a car getting repossessed, right? Oh, when your car get repossessed, come on, y'all know how we get. It's urgent now. Like, oh, man, it's, I'm in this bad situation. And then what happens when you bounce back? Fun. Back to the club. Fun. Back to the shoes. Fun. Back to the club. Fun. Hey, back to the oh, oh, hey. You having the time of your life being broke because when you broke, you live without limits. I remember when I was broke, you know, the whole concept of being like living check to check for me once upon a time up until about 2012, it was the norm for me. Like I wasn't even like, it wasn't even a big deal. It's like, yo, I buy clothes. I like, I have fun. I go out to eat. But I don't really, a savings account, what's that? I don't know what that is. Why would I save extra money? Because what happens when you save, saving sometimes delays your fun. I'll give you an example. If you have $1,000 in the bank. Now, I'm telling you what I went through personally right now. I'm talking about me. I'm not talking about anyone else. You got $1,000 in the bank. When you have grown up and been broke your entire life, you literally have to condition, recondition yourself to be able to have money. It's a different lifestyle, even at a small area of something as simple as $1,000. Because when you got $1,000 in the bank, 
and then people start calling you like, hey, we about to go here. You know, we going uh, out of town. Yo, we going to Six Flags. What up? Y'all want to go to Six Flags? And it's like, ooh, wait a minute. Six Flags cost $600 for me and my wife to go there. We have $1,000 in the bank. Why can't we go to Six Flags? Yeah, we can afford it. There's that word again. We can afford to go to Six Flags. But can you, though? Can you really afford to go to Six Flags just because you have the money for Six Flags? When I first started having to learn a new way and learn how to have money after living and growing up in a impoverished situation men mentally, and I'm not blaming my parents or anyone else, I'm talking about me, because I'm talking about my mindset that I had. You know, when we first started trying to save money, my wife would be like, I don't understand why you're saying we can't do this. You know, not to throw Tiff under the bus, you know, you know, but we... We telling the truth. I'm just sharing a little bit of our, you know, situation with y'all. Love you, baby girl. So it was a battle in the beginning because she literally didn't understand. Like, it was like speaking Spanish to her because it's like, bro, I don't know why you saying we can't go to the to amusement park. And I'm looking at a thousand dollars because guess what? The amusement park represents fun. But the amusement park also represents broke in that scenario. Because, yes, you have $1,000, but let's just speak hypothetically. If our rent at the time was $800 a month and somebody lost a job or we ran into a bad time, you can make it one month on rent and maybe not even be able to afford your car note of $300. So you can't afford to go to the amusement park with your last $1,000. You need to learn how to save and have a reserve account in case of emergencies. But guess what? We don't want to delay fund to prepare for an emergency. I would rather have fun now, a.k.a. be broke now and sacrifice because I don't know if I'm really going to get an emergency. That's the unknown world. Listen. Responsibility and preparation is difficult for some of us because we don't know how to live in the future. Like we can't take ourselves and go in our mind and put our minds in the future and be like, yo, this could happen. What if the market crashes again? With our situation, rent is $800 a month. You know what I'm saying? What's that? Uh, $9,600 a year. So, yo, really? We don't even need to be doing anything unless we have at least $10,000 in the bank because if something goes wrong just for us to survive a year, it costs us $10,000 to stay in the house. That's not considering utilities and food and shelter and cars or shelter is part of the home. You know, I'm just throwing out words now. Y'all get the point. The point that I'm making is some of us haven't taken these steps because it's not fun. We live our whole life to have fun. What's fun? Posting pictures on Instagram, acting like I got stuff that I don't have. That's super fun. It's fun. Because why? It gets a lot of likes. If I stun on people, it's fun. Like, look how many of them liked my imaginary picture of my success that's not really real. We live life for fun. The reason it's important for you to see this it's because, and look, y'all got to excuse me. Like, I know I'm on one right now, but I'm just being a little real and raw. Like, we have a lot of fun on this show. We talk about a lot of things. I got all these interviews, and we got a bunch more dope stuff coming. But every now and then, I'm telling y'all, I'm going to take a break, and we just going to have a conversation. Like, we just going to kick it about something. It ain't going to be about all the segments and all the guests and the music. Like, I just want to talk to you right now. And I'm passionate about this. Because I've been there. I wouldn't be passionate about this if I didn't know what it felt like to be broke having fun. And to also know the difference of a mindset shift. Simply changing your mind changes your situation. And so many of us are waiting on our situation to change. That's why we're praying for uh, miracle unexpected checks. Listen, okay, unexpected checks in the mail are cool. I guess. But I'd rather be expecting something. 
Listen, when you put in effort, you can expect it. The people who are walking around wanting something unexpected is because they're not willing to put in effort. None of us go to work and don't expect a check. At the same time, if you call off work all this week, you're not going to expect nothing. That would be a surprise. That would be an unexpected check if they direct deposited your whole paycheck in there and you only want to work for three hours this week. Unexpected checks in the mail because somebody made a mistake. Being broke is fun. It's not fun sitting down budgeting. It's not fun actually taking time to read books about financial literacy. It might be fun talking about it or posting about it on social media and bragging about it. But it's not fun actually putting in the effort and applying the knowledge. What I'm trying to get y'all to see is that you ain't never going to get out of being broke until you get out of having fun. We do not, as adults, number one, like I haven't even got into the Christian biblical aspect of this yet, which is coming. But just as adults, man, you can't build your life on fun. Fun doesn't change the world. Fun doesn't, you know, please God. Fun is cool. That's extra. It's like you don't wake up every day and eat ice cream all day long. You need other nutrients. And the dessert is cool sometimes. Making a lot of money don't mean you're not broke. See, this is one of the things that we get mixed up on, too. We think having a high income means you have a high outcome. But a lot of times when we make more money, we just spend more money. What I'm talking about is changing your mind to understand that some of these things that are not necessarily fun, like it ain't going to the water park when, I, when me and my wife sit down and talk about our future. But one thing I tell you is I learned how to see the fun in that. And why is that? Because guess what? When you see the results that responsibility brings, you start enjoying being responsible. Some of us have been broke so long, we don't know the benefit of leaving and being delivered from a poverty mindset. I need you to let that sink in. Because I've discovered something about poverty. Poverty comes with pride. And it don't sound right on the surface again. It don't sound like, like why would I be prideful if I'm impoverished? But a lot of times we become prideful when we're trying to protect or defend something. So a lot of us make excuses for why we think with impoverished mindsets and why it should be okay. Like, yeah, you don't understand, OJ, you know, because, well, you know, my pops wasn't there, you know that. I don't want to minimize or play with anybody's life situation. I understand you got some real situations going on in your life, but it's still a choice. When something bad happens to someone, it's a choice how you respond. So you go, okay, again, I'll make it about me. When I was broke, I remember being in the hood and being like, nope, not me. Like, no, I'm not rocking like this forever. I remember when I was in college and I didn't have a car. All my roommates had cars. And I probably told some variation of a different, you know, there are several stories related to me not having a car. But this particular one, it was wintertime and I was walking to class. And I remember walking to class and this one day that I vaguely remember where I was like happy and motivated because I was like, soak it all in, soak in all the cold. Remember this, because this ain't going to be forever, baby. Like, this ain't going to be your future, Jay. I get Y'all got to understand, I talk to myself in those moments. I get revved up. I get amped. Because that fuel of that situation, it drives me. I literally feel it. And some of us having too much fun to feel it. You having so much fun being broke, you can't even be mad. Like, no, this ain't my, I ain't rocking like this. It's a choice. Some people might hear this, turn it off. They don't like it. Some people are like, oh, it sounds a little too mean to me. It's the truth. It is the honest to God truth. Until you make the decision that I'm not staying here, you're going to always be there. And it doesn't matter how bad your situation is, there's a way out. 
You got to want it, though. You got to find it. You got to you gotta feel it. I can't feel it for you. I had, to, I had to go through that for myself. Where it was like, oh, no, we ain't doing this, baby. Like, no, this ain't, this ain't it. And I'm so fueled by it that I literally have to sometimes, like, calm down and just ex- accept people's choice for their lives because I want other people, especially people I love, I want nothing more than to see them mature and grow up and be adults and take on this thing. And I'll give advice. Like, I, I can't tell y'all how much advice I've tried to offer to people or how much I've made myself available because I care so much about this. I've literally tried to help people that don't want help. Hey, sit down with me. Let, me. let me walk you through your credit score. Let me show you how me and my wife raised our credit score, you know, in a year, 200 points. But people don't want it. And I was asking myself, this is how this, this episode came about. I was asking myself, why don't people want this help? And I was like, it just popped in my mind. They having too much fun. Being broke is so fun. You don't want to sit down and figure out your credit. What? Credit? Huh? Credit? You don't want to do that. So we just going to keep getting the worst loans. We just going to keep going through these situations. And again, I've been there. Please don't take it personal. I'm not pointing a finger at all. I'm passionate because I've been there. I know what it feel like to be paying so much money for a car. Did I tell y'all the story about, (laughs) I think I told y'all the story about this truck I had, man. I was so embarrassed. I got to tell this story because I lied. And I got to come clean on the air. I lied in this situation. God forgive me. I bought this Dodge Dakota truck. It was a sweet truck, too. I used to like that truck. And I got it during a time where they were running like this this big deal on it. It was like $9,000 off. But the previous car I had was upside down and alone. So I needed to roll like $5,000 into that new truck. And so my note was, woo, what was I paying for that? Do I want to get y'all... Look, I'm trying to, I'm kind of private. I don't like to give y'all too much of my bit. People get pulling out calculus, like, oh, he was paying this much a month. I remember that truck. We're going to just put it like this. It was this dude, young kid with some money. His dad owned this business. They were one of my accounts that I used to go to for work back then. This was maybe 10 years ago now, 2010-ish. And, um, yeah, I, um, he was like, man, how much you paying for yours? I'm only paying... 125 a month. That deal was crazy. I was like, yeah, me too. <laughs> you lied. The devil is a liar. Listen, I lied. God forgive me, I lied. It still sting. I know good and well I was paying about three, four times that much. And see, that's what happened. Like, being broke and had you out here lying about stuff. See, sin just begat sin, dude. I was lying through my teeth. I could not tell him the truth in that moment. God, forgive me. I'm like, he only paid 125 And see, those are situations when you start understanding the difference between having good credit and bad credit, between not rolling a previous loan into the other loan. See, when you broke, you having too much fun, you going in there, and you just happy to get approved for the car. One of the most amazing things, and I'm about to leave this alone, and we're going to get into some of the biblical aspects in a second. One of the things that's a huge difference between being broke and having money or having bad credit and good credit is like when you buying something, like getting approved for a loan. It's a totally different experience, bro. Like because when, I, like when my credit was messed up and I ain't had money, going to buy a new car was literally like gambling for me. I remember sitting in one time and I'm like, did I get approved? And then they do the whole thing where they like, they walk out. They always going to do this. Let me go and talk to my manager. Then they going to come back in five minutes and make it seem like they really did something to get you approved. What I didn't like about that situation that made me so mad is like, yo, why they act like they doing me a favor? I'm buying the car. It's the weirdest thing when you have bad credit. People literally take more of your money 
but make you feel like they're doing you a favor. And it's because we look at the liability as a prize. So a car is a liability. So we go and think we're going to go buy this car that we want that everyone has. And it's my dream, you know, to get this car. I got to, you know, I want a nice car, this blah, blah, blah. I want a charger. You know what I'm saying? I just say charger because everybody got a charger. Nobody, please don't feel like this about them because there's 100 people that listen to the show that got a charger. I ain't talking about none of y'all. That's just a car you see on the road every two seconds. So a lot of people like chargers. So we just want a charger. We don't care how much it costs. We just want to be approved. But when you have good credit, I remember when I started going to purchase cars and already like go, I wasn't even depending on them to approve me for a loan. I was coming with the check because I got it through another source. Uh, I'm coming to the dealership with a, with a check now. That was a totally different experience because now you don't, I don't need to go sit in your office, bro. You don't got to go talk to your manager about nothing. I'm coming here. I know how much, this is how much money I have for a car. I know what car I want. And then now you're negotiating the price. That's a totally different experience when you're negotiating the price of a car based off of the total price of the car versus the monthly price of the car. And that's a whole different conversation. I have to bring a financial guru in here or something, and we'll have to have an interview. But one of the mistakes we make when purchasing cars is that we buy cars based on a monthly payment. That's not how you should buy a car. Like, you need to know how much the total cost of the car costs. That's what you're paying. But I'm going to leave that alone. At the end of the day, buying a car is just a horrible investment, period. Even when you have good credit, financially, it doesn't make sense. We buy cars because we need them. We have to stop looking at cars as a prized possession unless you're just wealthy because they just don't make sense. I've tried to start focusing on buying quality cars that last longer and that I still like. I do like cars. But you got to research a lot to find out what's the best car to buy. A lot of times we just buy it based on the aesthetics and what looks good to us. And that's not always the best thing to do. So research cars, all of that good stuff. We're going to take a break and jump into the J. Will Music song of the day. When we return, we are going to look at the story of Joseph. I know I talk about Joseph a few times, you know, throughout this podcast over the last year or so. But it's very relevant as it relates to today's topic. So we're going to look at that and look at, pull some things out of the Bible to help guide us in building a financially responsible mindset to grow our families and our lifestyles and to be able to help other people. But for now, we taking it all the way back to 2009. I wrote this song uh, and my boy Gerard Brooks co-wrote it. It's actually produced by a gentleman named Bradley Green out of Atlanta. Yeah, this is from J&J Soul's Audio Vision CD. The song itself is entitled Audio Vision. And what I did, this was the intro to the CD. When I wrote this, I brought in my little brothers and sisters, at least three of them. Um, you know, they were young at the time. This was 11 years ago. So some of these people, these kids you're going to hear on this song are full-blown adults right now. Um, this song can make me a little emotional because just listen to the words. I'm very passionate about my music. I don't write songs that I don't mean. And so I put my all into it, man. J and J Soul, audio vision. Audio vision. Sight becomes sound. And sound becomes sight. Close your eyes. This is my audio vision. This is my audio vision. It's good music. No pain, no poverty. Financial freedom for my family. It's music for the soul. And all I feel is love around me. How could I complain? Thank you, Jesus. This is my audio vision. It's parallel. This is my audio vision. This is what I believe. No pain, no poverty. No more pain. Financial freedom for my family. Yeah, I know we all been through it. All I feel is love around me. But I don't have to sing about it. Ooh, Lord, I feel your love around me. Sing it, Mo. Audio vision. Sing it. Audio vision. Come on, Elijah. Oh, yeah. No pain, no poverty. Financial no freedom for my family. Come on, Elijah. All I feel is love around me. Ooh, 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 yeah. Let it be your love around me. Said I can feel your love. Now, what's your, what's your name? 
What's your name, man? Elijah. What you want to be when you grow up? So okay, now what's your name, little girl? Mylan. Mylan? What you want to be when you grow up? A princess. A princess. Now what's your name? Michael. And what you want to be? A vet. That's your audio vision. Audio vision. Sing with me, y'all. Financial freedom from a family. All the feelings love around me. This is my part. This is my audio. Love feeling your love around me. Now you all by yourself. Audio vision. Come on, Mutri, can't hear you. Ooh, Touch the intangible. You just heard Audio Vision by J&J Soul featuring Gerard Brooks, Mylon, Elijah, and Michaelin. Those three kids, man, my little brothers and sisters, you know, three out of eight of them, you know, is um, it's interesting because I don't know if people really always understand what I'm doing or why I'm doing it or how passionate I am. When I look at those kids and like I remember bringing them in the studio and wanting to show them and, and begin to like plant seeds in their mind of like, you can be free. You could be whatever you want to be. You know what I'm saying? By the grace of God. And like Elijah, for instance, he on that song, you know, how old was he? He had to be nine years old. And he's like, I want to be an NBA basketball star. Like most of us want to be. Now he's 21 years old. And, you know, or he must have been 10. Now he's 21. And it's interesting because it's like, yeah, he didn't make it to the NBA. You know what I'm saying? Or I'll be super rich because that's my little brother. But he is an assistant high school basketball coach where his, you know, my other younger brother, but his older brother, Nehemiah, is the coach, the head coach of the team. So I'm like, you know, uh, Mylon, she's not a princess. You know what I'm saying? Um, but she is a junior in high school taking college courses and she wants to be a marine biologist and she's an honor student. You know what I'm saying? I went to her honor student ceremony last year. And so, yeah, Michaelin, you know, what did she say? A veterinarian? No, she's not doing that, but she just got certified to work with autistic kids and she's, you know, finishing up college by the grace of God. And I got some amazing brothers and sisters. A lot of times y'all hear me talk about like, Darius, because Darius does music, so Darius gets a lot of love, but I'm the oldest of nine kids, and I've always tried to, like, as the oldest, as the natural-born leader, to show them that there's another way. That's like, and don't get me wrong, I'm not trying to paint myself out to be an angel, because I've made many mistakes in this life, and I've fallen down many times and had to get up and dust myself back off, but the heartbeat of who I am is to try to show people and help people through passion that you don't have to be in the situation you're in. And sometimes I get confused because I'm like, I don't think people feeling it. Like, are they, are they listening to the words and the songs? Because I'm not even making songs to be hot songs. I'm not. Like, I'm putting out messages. This show is like, this is my heart. This is my passion. Like, I create this show every single week for free. I ain't made a dime doing this yet. I have people that want to be sponsors and I have, I'm taking it slow because I, I need it to be right. I don't need to just make money. So this ain't about like, like that's just not what I'm about. It's about purpose, man. And I hope that when people hear this stuff that y'all can understand like the purpose and what I'm trying to convey to people and it's so important as believers, man, because we don't have forever on this earth. And some of us just playing with God, like we playing with our purpose. We like we don't really care. And, and it's like everybody just want to. That's why I talk about stuff like social media. Everybody just want to stun on each other. Like it's like we've accepted the ways of the world, man. We've accepted the ways of the world and God has. So much more for us, man. So much more purpose. So much more for us to do. 
That's why I do this every week. That's why I make music. That's why I got, I'm so motivated. It's because I just really want to inspire God's people. And I'm not going to lie, man. Sometimes I get discouraged simply because I'm like, people don't even want to help. Like people just want to stunt. People just like forget Instagram, forget social media, man. That's why I like get to the point where I don't even post stuff sometimes. Cause it's like, who cares? Who cares who people think you are if you're not really that? That's what I'm hoping you could take away from this. You could be whoever God called you to be. No matter where you start, it ain't about where you start. Your mind is powerful. If you keep telling yourself that you are beneath, you will always be beneath. You can't become something until you think you could become it. All right, I had to take a quick break, man. My bad. Y'all y'all caught your boy slipping. You know what I'm saying? I had to get myself to... Jay, come on, bro. What? Let's go, man. Up. What's wrong with you? Eastside, let's get this in. I done let the hood down. Y'all done got my man up in here. Getting passionate and emotional and stuff. Hold on, let me get my <clears throat> let me get my voice right. You know what I'm saying? We all man up in here. What's good? Yo, what up? What's good? Woo! Y'all caught me slipping. It's all good though. You know. Anyway, let's let's move on. Let's just get off that. Cause clearly I can't handle that topic. <laughs> clearly, this is a topic that gets under my own skin emotionally and like I, the passion get the pouring out. I don't know what y'all done did to me. We done broke down on the show, bro. Oh man, if you a first time listener, I'm sorry. We never have done this before. Please do take the time to subscribe to our show. And look y'all, you can leave a review on Apple Podcasts. I don't know what happened for a minute. I know they weren't allowing it or something. But you can leave a review and a rating on Apple Podcasts, so please do that. Let us know what you think of the show. Give us five stars or four stars or whatever you think it deserves. You know what I'm saying? You know, hopefully not three or less. I mean, dang, is it that bad? You know, is it that bad when my man breaks down on the show? Let's get into the Bible, though. And I want to do this because I want y'all to see that this is bigger than some emotional rant. You know, there, there's really some biblical uh, standard and teaching behind this, you know, thought process of what I'm talking about and how being broken is fun. And you can relate it to seeing is fun. You know what I mean? And you can relate it to like the broken things of this world are often fun. How many of us ruin our own lives just because we want to have fun? So for those of you who are longtime listeners of the show, you know that Joseph is one of my favorite uh, people in the Bible and one of my favorite stories to continue to discover and peel back the layers. And so I want to jump into Genesis chapter 41. I'm reading from the New Living Translation. We will start at verse 25. And I don't know how long, you know, how many verses I'm going to cover, but we're just going to talk through uh, these verses starting at 25. Now, at the beginning of Joseph's story, you know, he tells his brothers about a dream. His brothers end up selling him off into slavery. You know, he's had a, a rough life. He's, you know, been kind of at the top, uh, made his way at the top in, in the kingdom and, and then had an issue with a guy's wife. Potiphar's wife was trying to get at him and blamed him. He ends up in prison. He meets some people in prison actually interpret some of their dreams that the interpretations end up coming to pass. And one of those guys worked for Pharaoh. And, you know, so he finds himself in this situation now where Pharaoh has had these dreams and none of the other people, the magicians and the sorcerers, they can't interpret these dreams. So now they've, you know, called Joseph out of prison as one of the dudes who forgot about him is now remembering Oh, it was this dude in prison, right? And, and throughout all this, right, this is, you know, we are maybe, um, I want to say he was, was he 17 when he first had the dream with his brothers? And now he's uh, somewhere in his 30s, I believe, at this point. Don't quote me on that as an exact age. I'm giving you kind of an average off the top of my head. I think he's in his 30s by now. So that brings us to Genesis chapter 41, verse 25. 
here's what happens. Joseph responded, both of Pharaoh's dreams mean the same thing. God is telling Pharaoh in advance what he's about to do. 26. The seven healthy cows and the seven healthy heeds of grain both represent seven years of prosperity. Verse 27. The seven thin, scrawny cows that came up later in the seven thin heads of grain withered by the east wind represent seven years of famine. Let's pause right there. So right now, Joseph is interpreting this dream to Pharaoh and letting Pharaoh know God has given you a glimpse of the future. He's allowing you to see what's about to come. You're about to have seven years where you're prospering and everything is flowing and you feeling good. But then followed by those seven years, it's going to be seven years of famine. Now, I think this is important because these are the realities of life. In life, we have ups and downs, right? In life, there are good years and good times and, and bad times and things like that. And so I think as we look at what we want to try to figure out is, well, how did Joseph handle this? You know, how are we to handle the ups and downs of life, right? And we can look at Joseph's story and see how he handled it. And number one, learn about Joseph. Learn how did Joseph handle it. We should know these biblical stories for what they are. We shouldn't always just try to read the word to selfishly um, relate it to our lives or make it mean what we want it to mean, but we should understand the story as it is and then apply it to our lives, you know, as it should be in the right context. You know what I mean? Verse 28, this will happen just as I have described it. For God has revealed to Pharaoh in advance what he's about to do. The next seven years will be a period of great prosperity throughout the land of Egypt. Verse 30. But afterward, there will be seven years of famine so great that all the prosperity will be forgotten in Egypt. Famine will destroy the land. 31. This famine will be so severe that even the memory of the good years will be erased. Verse 32. As for having two similar dreams, it means that these events have been decreed by God and he will soon make them happen. Let's go to 33. Therefore, this is Joseph now. Okay, let's, let's pause. Up until now, Joseph is just telling Pharaoh what is about to happen, what to expect. And understanding the what is important in life. But then what I like about this story and why it ministers to me so much is that then he also tells him the how. He doesn't just leave him at the what. And so many times in life we feel stuck at the what. This is what they're saying is going to happen. But the how and what to do about the what. And you get what I mean? Like the next steps, the, the instructions, this is an important part of the process. Verse 33. Therefore. Pharaoh should find an intelligent and wise man and put him in charge of the entire land of Egypt. 34. Then Pharaoh should appoint supervisors over the land and let them collect one fifth of all the crops during the seven good years. Let's pause right there. He's telling them first, you need to hire somebody to, to, to run this, you know, situation to lead this. You need a manager, my man. You get what I mean? But then the plan is during the good years, like while it's good, I want you to save 20% of the crops, one fifth. Save 20% while things are good. Verse 35 Have them gather all the food produced in the good years that are just ahead and bring it to Pharaoh's storehouses. Store it away and guard it so there will be food in the cities. Verse 36, that way there will be enough to eat when the seven years of famine come to the land of Egypt. Otherwise, this famine will destroy the land. So what is Joseph saying? Joseph is giving Pharaoh the blueprint of what to do and how to be prepared for the future. He's saying when things are good, 
that's not the time to waste. And, and I, I, I truly believe, this is me talking now, I truly believe it must have been important for him to let him know that because human nature, assuming they were, you know, similar to how we are in the sense that when you're doing good, it's in our nature to waste good. And how many of us waste the good years of our life? How much time did you waste when you were young? Some of y'all are still young. You, you, you know, 18, 22, 23, right? You, you super young. You know what I mean? And what I mean is like so many times in high school and in college, we waste those years. We waste the good years. That's what we do as humans a lot of times. Not saying everyone is guilty of that, but I sure have wasted some good years in my life. And so Joseph is, is telling Pharaoh, like, no, the, the concept here, what God is saying, because Joseph made it clear that this is God's plan, right? He, he said that this is God's plan. God is showing you this. And so Joseph is like, no, save 20%. And so what am I saying? I, like, like, listen, when I read this, it probably took, it might've been a year later before this hit me, this part of the story. I don't know. Cause I read this story a lot, but I'm like, wait a minute. He's given us an equation, a formula to follow. If I'm doing well right now, if I'm making money right now, before I go out and start buying red bottoms and wasting my money on everything and taking every potential and possible exotic trip in the world, wait a minute, I need to put something aside. I need 20% saved up. Not check to check, because what's the problem with check to check? You not prepared for the potential famine. You not prepared for what's ahead in life. And I'm not trying to prophesy a famine over your life or something. That's not what this is about. But come on, let's just deal with reality. When the market crashed in what, 2008? Was it 2008 or 2011? I don't know why that is not clear in my mind right now. But when the housing market crashed, there were a lot of people that weren't prepared for that. But then I talk, like not talk to personally, but I've heard people talk about it in interviews, people who were prepared. And I've even heard people talk about how they made more money, the most money in their life during the recession, during, during the housing, the crash. And so all I'm saying is, look, I know a lot of us have struggled or do struggle in this life. And I'm not pointing a finger at anyone. But what I am trying to get you to do is look at yourself and say, do I have to struggle? If you make $25 an hour, $20 an hour, and like some of us don't have to struggle, we just keep choosing to struggle because we keep wasting our good years. When the money coming in good, we spend it, spend it, spend it, spend it, spend it. And in the moment we get hit, oh my goodness, the car need a carburetor. I need brakes. It's like, well, bro, prepare for the brakes now. Don't wait until you need brakes to prepare for brakes. You know that brakes, look at it like that. There are some things in, in life that we know we're going to need to repair. Like at some point, you know you need new tires, right? Price the tires now. What do we typically do? Wait until it's like you sliding on ice. Like, oh my God, I need new tires. Well, guess what, brother? Yo, look at, I can see through the tires. I can see the rim through the tires. You needed tires six months ago. Don't wait until you're about to get into an accident to prepare. And then now we pricing. Hey, you got $200 because I need tires. No, you knew you need, you knew when you bought a car you was gonna need tires. All right, let me finish this up. For I be them broke down again. I don't know what's happening today. I need to get up out of here. Hold on. Uh, we hood, baby. I'm from the hood. Well, I ain't been in, you know, anyway. Where we at in this word? Verse 37. Joseph's suggestions were well received by Pharaoh and his officials. 38. So Pharaoh asked his officials. Can we find anyone else like this man so obviously filled with the spirit of God? 39. Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, since God has revealed the meaning of the dreams to you, clearly no one else is as intelligent or wise as you are. 40. You will be in charge of my court and all my people will take orders from you. 
Only I sitting on the throne will have a rank higher than yours. Through Joseph's obedience to God's plan, he was elevated. And how many times in this life do we idolize the elevation while we ignore the plan? We ignore the process that someone like Joseph went through to get to where God called him to do. And all we want to do is prophesy about the throne. Oh, you're going to be on the throne. You're going to be a millionaire. You're going to be this. You're going to be that. You're going to be a millionaire. You're going to be on the throne. And that's what we get excited about. So thousands of people come into churches to hear prophets tell them what, the what. But nobody talks about the how. Tell me how I'm going to get to where God called me to be. What's my process? How do I start it? What, what do I got to do? But because before Joseph got to the what, he understood the how. He went through the process, the ups and downs. You can't just get to the top. You can't just, look, I, I said it before. Nobody falls to the top of a mountain. Nobody. You want to go up there, you ever watch, sometimes my wife watch all type of little nature shows and stuff. She get to watching shows where they like climbing mountains or something. And people like passing out. You need oxygen tanks. Like it is a true challenge to climb to the top of a mountain. But we just treat it like, oh, the prophet said you're going to be the greatest. And so we just walk around spending our whole life infatuated with the what. And we never even start the process because we don't even know how to do it. We don't know how. You're going to be a millionaire. How? What you going to do? Did you start it yet? You're not going to be a millionaire with a check-to-check mentality. I could tell you that now. And if you become a millionaire with that mentality, you won't be a millionaire for long. There have been many of people who have lost millions. I've watched several documentaries where people have had $100 million and went broke. Why? Because they had $100 million with a poverty mindset. Listen, I hope today's show blessed you. And um, I know this was a different one. And I know I broke down. And I ain't going to apologize for it. And I still love y'all. And you can laugh at me and we can still be cool. We can still be cool. We can still be cool. me i be in my own world create for the creator when i'm in my own world i surf below the surface it's layers to my purpose inspire god's people when i'm in my own world look in the sky it ain't no stars in it the art is all natural and authentic rivers of love we swimming for us we can't drown if we fall in it if you looking for me, I be in my own world. Create for the creator when I'm in my own world. I surf below the surface, it's layers to my purpose. Inspire God's people when I'm in my own world.